created live on Fireside. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of YNS Live with NFL Thread. We are doing Pivot today with our guest Ian and Crystal Scott, and I'm going to let Cynthia introduce you guys. We're really excited. I love stories, and um, this is going to be a good one. Yes, I'm. I, thank you guys for being here today. I so appreciate it. I heard about you know Ian from my husband before I met Ian because he was so impressed that he's like, babe. We got a new coach here at Central. He is an industrial engineer. He is amazingly smart and so cool. You know, I can't wait for you to meet him. And I was like, that is so great. You know, that the idea that he was, you know, an industrial engineer and decided to go back into coaching intrigued me. And then I met Crystal and Crystal is a force. Like, you know, she had the family. It's like, it's like this clan and she is right there counting, making sure everybody has what they have, doing everything, not only for her kids, but for all of us. She's just this force of a person and their story and making this decision to huddle together and go from, you know, the NFL to corporate America to, you know, coaching is intriguing. So thank you guys for coming today. So happy. Exactly. <laughs> yes, so- exactly. Yeah. And I know when Cynthia, you know, she always shares everyone that knows that when we do these, you know, YNS live with NFL thread and really all my podcasts, I'm a super curious person. I know stories connect. And when people hear different stories of how others navigate the world, I feel like sometimes it just feels a little lighter in your own world or a little bit more, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. So I would love for you guys to start. I know that you met in high school and my sister, if she's listening and her husband met in high school, and I'm always very intrigued by that. Um, And so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you guys grew up and your high school experience together? (laughs) Um, Those those are going to be two different stories. Uh, there are different versions, uh, depending on who you talk to. Uh, we actually first met our first day of ninth grade. We had a seventh period biology class together. And, uh, I, uh, I didn't fit underneath the table. Um, so the table was lowered by knees. When I sat underneath the chair, my knees hit the table and I always sat up in the front of the class. So I was sitting in the chair with my back against the window and there was another chair next to me. I put my feet in the chair. Um, and, uh, it actually was Crystal's birthday, uh, the first day of school. And she walked in with all these balloons and everything. And, uh, she took my foot rest and uh, decided to sit right there. And I didn't know who she was. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so that's, that's actually how we met. And, uh, you know, it was, we didn't start dating until, um, the second half of our senior year of high school. Uh, But we were in classes on and off uh, that whole time and we were friends and all that type of stuff. So um, that's kind of that's kind of how that started. I love it. And I love that you remember that it was biology. I mean, because that was a pivotal point in your obviously (laughs) in your life that you remember those details with the footrest. I mean, that's pretty awesome, Crystal. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, see, I have a different story <laughs> for me. So I had gone from a, it was actually a lab school. We grew up in Gainesville, Florida. So it was a research school, part of the University of Florida. So we had like less students in our K through 12 than we did in this high school that um, we met in in ninth grade. And so I decided I'd moved to this um, new high school 
with my best friend. And so I only knew like a few people, but um, at the school. So I decided in every class, I was going to go up to the most intimidating person in each class because I was like, okay, if I can like handle the most intimidating person that I see, then, you know, everything else will be easy. So this was the last class of the day. And um, I walk into class and there's this little scrawny kid like in one side of the classroom. And then Ian, who I actually thought was like a junior or something. I don't know. He was huge. He was a big dude. And so I was like, well, that kid is like, you know, not intimidating. So I was like, went up to Ian and asked if I could sit right next to him. And um, of course, he's a nice dude. And I didn't say no, that's my foot rest. He <laughs> let me sit there. And then what's crazy is that my one best friend who came to school with me happened to be in that class. But she had come in and sat next to, with some of her friends that she had met over the summer in band. And I was like, already talking to Ian and he, another guy at our table that he knew. And I was like, I'll come sit next to you tomorrow. Well, our teacher, Mrs. Smith, yes, we still know her and her <laughs> name. And um, she made those our assigned seats. And so mm-hmm. um, we ended up being lab partners that whole year and, and stuff. So it was, um, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. I love it. So it really started as a friendship. It really started as a friendship and then developed, which I think in so many relationships, that's, that is so important. I mean, I know you guys have Mm -hmm. four kids. I know with my, my, Mm -hmm. my three kids, I always say you want to have be friends first because that's what kind of carries you through. Mm -hmm. And then Crystal, is this your best friend that became your sister-in-law? Um, oh yeah. So, well, that was later. That was college, but yes. Um, my best friend, my roommate in college ended up, uh, we were dating brothers and they both played at UF and, um, yeah, we were dating each other and then they got married. We got married. So yeah, my best friend. That's so fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That, that is amazing. Go ahead. Can you share um, so much about, you know, you know, we had talked once and Ian, you were like the valedictorian of your, you know, senior class. Like talk about a little bit about your childhood, because I know you have an interesting story even with your mom and dad and all sports, all everything. Like tell, tell us a little bit about you in that capacity. Uh, well, you know, it's, there's, there's a long story there. Uh, my, my parents met in college. Uh, they both went to Clemson. Um, and my dad is, uh, he's a, he's a black guy from, uh, South Georgia and my mom is uh white and she's a military kid, uh, from South Carolina. And so they had some challenges, uh, with their relationship and, um, they had me and my brother and, uh, moved to Gainesville, um, in the early eighties, uh, right after I was born. Um, so I was actually born in South Carolina, but grew up, uh, down in Florida, and then um, my parents adopted three children. So I grew up uh, with, uh, you know, f- three brothers and a sister. And we we're all mixed race uh, kids. So nobody really knew except that I'm, you know, uh, eight or nine inches taller than my older brother. So that was, uh, you know, always people threw people for a loop uh, when uh, we were growing up. Um, but my dad was a school teacher. Uh, became a school teacher. He worked out of the house when we were uh, younger, but he started working at the school. My mom is a civil engineer and uh, she, um, you know, worked uh, at, for the county uh, department when we were kids. And then when I got to high school, she became the public works director for the city of Gainesville. Um, so they've been there for 
uh, 40 years now uh, in Gainesville. And, um, you know, so that's kind of the, the household I grew up in and being, you know, one of five children, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I got to find out what I'm good at and what works for me. And I wasn't a big fan of school. We have a daughter who is quite the same. Um, and, uh, my whole, my whole goal was to do as good as I could. So I wouldn't get in trouble when I went home. Cause you know, my dad was, you know, he was serious about <laughs> us making sure that we took care of our grades. And I was like, well, you know, I know I can go to school and get a job if I get good grades. And I also will get in as little trouble as possible if I, you know, do the right thing. So, um, that was a part of our education as children, uh, just the way we were raised. And, um, you know, for me and my brothers, we're all a year apart. Um, and so my two younger brothers are actually in the same grade because, uh, uh, my youngest brother's birthday is before the cutoff date. So we were all at school at the same time. And, um, my dad would get us up in the morning and, uh, he had these, uh, books that would kind of daily devotionals, uh, through the Bible. So he would sit the four of us down and we would go through all of these stories in the Bible and, um, then we would have a quiz every Friday morning and uh, he'd go right down the couch and ask each one of us a question. And we had to get it right. And the bus driver knew what we were doing. And uh, sometimes we're running with our school bags to the bus stop. because We're late because we're taking the quiz and she'd hold the bus for us. Um, but that was a huge part of my childhood as well. And, uh, you know, so that that kind of framed uh, who I was and you know, who I grew up to be. Um, and that's how um, I think that's kind of how Crystal and I started to, you know, become closer, you know, before we started dating, because, you know, you start talking about things that are a little bit more personal and um, those types of things have an impact. And um, I wasn't the kid that was out doing different things. Um, I played football. And I went from football straight into basketball season, from basketball season right to baseball, from baseball to spring football, and then spring football right into summer league basketball and just repeated it every year. Um, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to get into a whole lot of extracurricular stuff either. Uh, so, you know, my dad worked at the school. He became the athletic director during that time. So, you know, I rode to school with my dad. I rode home with my dad. You know, they're just... I didn't have a lot of opportunity to get into a lot of trouble either. So um, all those things kind of framed and kind of were the, you know, the building blocks for who I would become uh, as an adult. And I'm still growing and trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. So uh, that's all part of the deal as well. I love that. So I, I just have to interject because I know I'm, and when I say this, I think Cynthia is going to be like, oh my gosh, this is right. Again, what I say all the time is stories connect us. So I'm one of five and I have a sister that was adopted from Korea um, when she, and we grew up in a town that was, um, it was diverse, but not really diverse. So it was very obvious that she, you know, she looked different, you know, she looked mm -hmm. different than us. I was a baby by the, and she came when she was three. And I just remember people would be like, okay, oh, who's this? And all of us would be like, what do you mean? That's my sister. Like, and mm -hmm. people would look at us like, okay, well, she looks different. I didn't know, you know, but we didn't, we never knew anything different. So how old were you when your siblings were adopted? Um, so I was five, I was six years old. 
I was like in kindergarten for my birthday actually just passed. So I was a little bit older for my grade. So my sister, she's about six years younger than me. Um, and I was in like kindergarten or first grade. I don't remember exactly. She was a baby. Um, and then my brothers, uh, were older. They were, I was eight and I'm right in between them. They were nine and seven. Um, and, uh, so it's been, you know, those are different journeys. They had a whole lot of life experience before my sister did. So my sister grew up, you know, my parents were always her parents, you know, my brothers, that was a little bit different. And I think they, they had a lot of, you know, unfortunately they had a lot of trauma early on and, uh, that there was some difficulties, you know, for them as they got older, you know, working through those things. But, you know, by the time we got to high school and when Crystal knew us, everybody knew us as brothers. Right. And nobody knew any difference. The only thing that was weird was that I was so much bigger than, but I was bigger than all three of them. So it didn't really, didn't really matter. So, uh, um, but it was a challenge. And I think part of that is why I, uh, why we haven't really wanted to live back home in Gainesville too much because I think there were some, you know, when you're when you are one of five and people start to compare you to one another and that's not fair and it can be a challenge in a lot of different ways. And me being, uh, you know, doing the things that I was doing, I think was a little bit of a challenge sometimes for my brothers and we didn't want our kids to have to, you know, follow in that path. Uh, right. You know, no, hey, yeah. you're, you're so-and-so's kid. Oh, I know your parents and all, you know, that type, this, that, and the other. We wanted them to have an opportunity to be their own person. I never thought it would be in so many different places. <laughs> right. Well, and it's interesting. and Right. So many different places. And that's the thing people don't think about. And then we can move on. But I'm very fascinated because my sister came when she was three from Korea, which she didn't speak any English. Yeah. And, you know, and and literally had a mom that gave her up to adoption because her father passed away. And you don't think about the traumas that happen. And then as the person grows and and being different in a family and, you know, working through that. And so there was a lot of, you know, when I look back, there was a lot of of challenges mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of challenges and and still challenges as she got older and she has um you know come on the other side which is amazing but it is it's it's you don't think people don't think about those di- kind of dynamics yeah. a lot um and i appreciate you saying you know grow, going back to your hometown when you have you know you wanted your kids to have different experiences right and we'll get into it 18 homes seven states let's just say that and four <laughs> kids um it's uh but thank you for opening up and sharing that and you know crystal as you were in school with him and he was opening up to you can you share a little bit about what you remember of that time as well i mean it's funny because you know like you said there was there's was four boys it was like all the scott it was the scott boys and their dad or whatever um in school and um, I was not like Ian. I um, was not the valedictorian. <laughs> I don't know if I hit like 50% in our class, but that's okay. Um, I was definitely the partier. I was maybe a little closer to one of his brothers for that reason. <laughs> but, um, um, so for us, like, you know, our friendship and we also, oh, we were in chorus together. That was another class we were in together, honey. That's where we like really started to like, um, uh, like each other, I think a little more than just friends, but, um, yeah, so high school was, you know, uh, 
we, like I said, we were just friends. And it was funny because he was always like the good kid, like he was captain of everything. Right. And, but like never cussed, never, you know, <laughs> went out partying, like, you know, some of us and stuff. He was just always <laughs> like, kind of like too good, like, you know, too good for, for all of us, you know, crazy high schoolers. Um, but he always had like such a great heart. And um, so I think the one thing I, never did was pretend to be somebody that I wasn't. I'm, and I'm pretty much the same that I am now. Like what you see is what you get. And, um, and so I think a little bit, he liked that about me. Like other people tried to, you know, kind of be somebody different to like live up to his standards. And I just threw it out there on the table. Like this is who I am, told him, told his dad, this is what I did this weekend. <laughs> so, <Right>? um, <laughs> so that was interesting when we started, uh, when he told him his dad, he was going to uh, start dating me. Right. Baby. <laughs> yep. I feel like, uh, I feel like the visual of you walking in on the first day with balloons, knowing you makes me feel like you should always just have balloons because that's how yeah. you live your life. Just yeah. you, everywhere you go is like, you create this kind of party fun atmosphere with people uh -huh. and even with the kids I feel like you should all just walk with balloons Absolutely. all the time <laughs> I know. well I do I feel like no matter where we're at like my biggest thing is I just want to enjoy life like I want to enjoy where we're at for however long we're there and you know enjoy whatever in and there's been hard times you know we go through hard times we go through you know great times but you know, just making sure that we maintain, you know, our joy and, you know, the the big pictures that we're here and we have each other. So, mm -hmm. and, and I don't want to jump through your college experience, which was so fantastic. I mean, just all everything in college, I'm um, going to, you know, Florida, the University of Florida in Gainesville, um, leaving early to go to the draft, you know, after your junior year. I don't mean to pass by it, but I just think it's so awesome that you guys got married two weeks before the draft. And so if you don't mind, after this amazing college experience, and I'm sure back and forth, and, and you know, you enjoying it just as you always do everything, Crystal. Like, what was that like making that decision? So let's do this. Let's get married now. And then we'll go into this NFL experience together. You want me to go first? Yeah, because that was your decision, not mine. <laughs> no, well, you asked. Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, you know, we dated that whole time, those three years. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, both uh, made a decision to uh, be Christians and put God first in our lives. So there was, you know, there was no, uh, there was no physical relationship between the two of us for three years, which is unusual for a lot of people. Um, right. And so after my third year of college, there was a, we got, I got a new coach and there was a new situation and there was no transfer portal at that time, like there is now. Um, and if you leave, you have to sit out. And I was a majority of the way through my engineering degree and I didn't really want to have to go sit out and, you know, spend another year, um, in college more than I had to because I knew that your opportunities in the NFL were when you were younger and the older that you get, the shorter your time frame is. So made a decision with a lot of advice to, you know, make that opportunity or just to test that out and go to the NFL and, um, you know, propose to Crystal the day before that I left to go train for the combine out in Phoenix, which is another great story because I got to meet her older brother 
who's about 12 or 13 years older than her. And uh, he and I got to be able to build a relationship. I probably spent more time with him uh, there than uh, she had ever spent with him in her life. Uh, So that was really cool. Um, So, yeah, that was, you know, the getting married part uh, was good because, you know, crazy things happen and, you know, don't know what's going on. And we have been dating for a while. And um, so, you know, that was that was important. And, you know, we able to uh, get married. And then when I got drafted, uh, she was able to come up and move up with me to Chicago, which was great. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of how we got started. And um, I think that was important. And that was something that, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll look back on. Hopefully it's always a, a great decision. Uh, we'll be uh, in April will be our 20th wedding anniversary. Uh, and people are like, you've been married for how long? And I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> um, that's coming up. So uh, it's uh it's been fun. Especially my mother-in-law keeps calling Crystal that little girl. Who's that little girl? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, mommy, that's Ian's wife. Not, not, alone. Oh. not alone. She was pregnant with our second child and our friends were visiting and uh, she went to go buy some movie tickets with uh, our friend and me and uh me and my buddy, we were parking the car, and she's texting me. They won't let me buy the tickets to the movie. Because <laughs> they didn't think I was seventeen. The the yeah, they thought <laughs> they thought you were too young. I mean, that's not the worst. <laughs> right. That's not the, That's not a, a bad I thing know. to happen. Right now, as you get older, my, I remember I, I was in my family. I was always the one that. I mean, I could always get the beer before even my older uh-huh. sisters, and I was like, "That's so cool." And now they're like, "Yeah, you still look older," and I'm like, "All right, son, that's enough." <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. That is so great. So, funny. so Crystal, here you are. You're now you're in Chicago. Like, talk mm-hmm. about that. And where well, did you guys live? Uh, well, so when we, um, so after the draft, Ian went up um, to Chicago like immediately, right, right after the draft, and then, um, and then I came up, um, or we went up. Did we take the U-Haul up? That's you came back like a week later, yep. like. And we brought we drove the U haul with my parents. Yep, in May. And it was funny. The first thing I remember, and I still remember this, is that we were leaving Florida. And you know, like on the, um, the bank signs will have like the weather or whatever. And so it was like 95 <laughs> degrees. We get to Chicago and it's 55. And I was like, where are we? Because like, I'd grown up in Gainesville. I'd literally never moved. Since, right. You know, I was born there. I was there, wondering that. I lived there. I was 20. Yeah. So. Um, that was the first time I'd ever moved. And so we, um, we moved up there and that was funny. We had a realtor help us. Um, and we found an apartment, but, um, there was no, she was like, well, there's no garage. And we're like, that's fine. Like we've never had a garage. Ian's like, I've had a garage, but we don't use it. Like, you know, it's fine. You don't need a garage. Um, you need a garage in yes. Chicago. In Chicago, because like, of the snow. Yeah. Oh, we you get no it. idea. It was like, oh. so there were days, like, it was negative seven, right, baby? And, like, we couldn't get into our car. You had a uh, I was like, panicking because I had to be at work, and I couldn't get in my door. Right. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> These Southerners, right? I mean, I when you I, said I, that... I, you, when you said you didn't have the garage, I was like, I mean, I'm uh-huh. New Jersey, Connecticut, the well, city, right. you know, so I'm not, sh- I'm not Chicago, but I, I literally was like, oh, no, 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 that, that's a bad, bad choice, bad choice. That they need that in the snow. And, 
And I went and got like jackets were on sale in the summer. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to go get a jacket. I like got like the, like a leather jacket. I was like, this is going to be so hot. Like I'm going to, I'm so like, I never had a jacket, literally never had a jacket. Like we'd have right. sweatshirts or something in Florida for the couple days that you need it. But yeah, so um, I was freezing. I had no idea like that you needed like, like what kind of boots to buy? Like, Are we, are we frozen? That's okay. Is that I think Chris, yeah, I think Crystal's yeah, she'll be but, fine. But I think that is, is a really important thing. Another thing for people to think about, because I know it takes your, your skin and your bones a little like a while to get adjusted to the cold. And, and when you're not used to being, if you're literally been in the warm your entire life, that first time it like hurts. I mean, I know my sister lived in California when she came back and I was like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, it, it, I'm, my body is not like used to this. Yeah. So it was actually, it was worse for me the other way. So moving up there, like, so her story is a little different. I went up there in April and it was 98 when I got on the airplane and it, the high that weekend during minicamp was 43 degrees. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? You know, but you're playing football and you're running around and it's fine. And me being a big guy living in central Florida is tough because, you know, the humidity and you right. sweat. I'm like, I need All to put on, I need to wear three different T-shirts every day. And I was like, man, this weather is awesome. I never get tired. You know, I, you know, I right. can wear whatever. I thought it was great. It just there was some little things that you don't know that you don't know that you need to be prepared for. Once it really got cold, you know, and no, you know, October when it's cool in November, it's fine, you know, but when it's December and January, it's like, oh, this is different, you know, and yeah. right. uh, um, so that was, for that you was and, a wake up call. Yeah, exactly. And for you, probably in a positive way, too, because going through that, I know some of the guys are like, when you're not used to the training camp heat and you're out there working like that, I'm, I think you probably choose to be cold than hot, you know, when you're playing like that. Oh, well, yeah, I think the I think the warmest day during training camp my rookie year was like 83 degrees and everybody was like, isn't it so hot? You know, the media people were like, how did you deal with the heat today? And I was like, this is hot. I was like, man, this is awesome. From Florida. We had our bye right. week, week earlier that year because they were finishing up the renovations for the new for the new soldier field. And uh, we saw so our first two games were on the road and then we had a bye week the third week of the season. And I went back, we went back down to Gainesville and I went out on the field during the, the football game there at university of Florida. And after the first half, I called my mom. I was like, you got to come and pick me up. I can't take this. This is too hot. I got to go back. I had already like transitioned over. I adjusted your body. Yeah. Right. So it's actually been worse for me going to the heat than, uh, you know, moving up this way. So, you know, when we moved back up here to Michigan a couple summers ago, that was uh, that was a welcome change for me because that uh, that Florida heat and humidity is uh, it's it's impressive for a big guy. <laughs> right. And, and that but it's so interesting because this is another thing that you don't think about. Right. And this is why I love having these fireside shows, um, these live shows and, and the people that Cynthia connects with. It's really something you think about the you know, changing of, you know, picking your whole family up, having to get the dentist. I always go here, Cynthia laughs, like, you know, you move, oh, you got to get the doctor, the dentist, all the things that you don't think about. But you also don't think about the weather and the climate change. And when you're used to something, I mean, that's a huge thing now. Now, all of a sudden that my mind went to, because really, if you're used to the heat, whether you like it or not, but then you go to this, like, you know, I mean, you, you, if you are in Chicago 
in a cold time and you're not dressed properly, you can get <laughs> frostbite. It's, like it's, it's difficult. <laughs> it's, not, it's like, right. It's no joke. It's not like, oh, it's just a little cool. This is uncomfortable. It's like, okay, if you're not prepared, you can be really, really screwed. So, right. you know, um, to have all that. Now, how many, so was this when Crystal was saying that she had, you guys were pregnant with your second. And so I'm sorry if, if. No, so. No, um, no, no. No, that, okay. I didn't think so, but I knew yeah. we were, we, yeah. No, okay. so I, I threw that story out there. That's why we were living in Chicago. Our, uh, our oldest daughter was born in 2005 and that was right. uh, ahead of my third year in the league. Um, she was born in May. It snowed the morning of her birthday. So, you know, but by that time we were used to it. Um, right. and, uh, so, you know, she, um, she was pregnant during the winter and she, you know, so that was the best time to be pregnant cause she was warmer and, you know, I like it cooler in the house. So it was nice for me cause we didn't have to have the heat on, uh, all the time. But, uh, we, we had just bought our house. Uh, we were renting the first two years and we bought our house in uh, Glenview, which is like right in between where the practice facility is and where the stadium is downtown. And uh, our neighbors that were uh, that house was for sale as well. They bought the house at the exact same time and they had a son uh, or they were just about to have a son. So and I can't Crystal probably knows better than me. Jack is 10 months older than Skylar. Yeah. So they were moving in uh, with uh, and he had just been born. And we had just bought our house. And so we kind of like for two years, kind of like, you know, grew up together and kind of, uh, you know, became a little bit extended family. Um, and then, uh, you know, our our younger daughter, they are 15 months apart. So, um, you know, got pregnant, you know, pretty quickly after the first one, obviously. And then she was born during training camp the next year. And that one was the crazy one because I had actually hurt my knee and I had uh, knee surgery and um, she was pregnant. So they actually scheduled uh, her birth um, because I was supposed to be on a plane to go to San Francisco for a preseason game. But since I had surgery, I stayed and, you know, obviously, and Cynthia knows you don't know exactly that time and the schedule can change and it's tough to be there all the time. So went ahead and scheduled it knowing I would be there. And, you know, Crystal likes to tell everybody that the doctors took more care of me than they did of her. They um, did. <laughs> you know, because I got, because I got an ice bag. Do you need ice? <laughs> Here, let's knee. get you a recliner. Do you need a yeah. pillow? <laughs> oh my gosh. Obviously, Listen, there's, I, always, there's always multiple versions to every story. Exactly. Yes. And I want to back up a little bit um, because Crystal, um, when we lost you for that little bit and that was when we were just entering into the league. So I didn't realize you guys, you were in your third year in the league before you started your family. And so I was just kind of curious, you know, Crystal, you said when you went into high school, a new high school, you decided that you were going to approach the most intimidating person in the room in every room in every class. And I was just kind of curious, how did you enter into the league? How did you, what was your mindset in meeting all of the Bears girls and all the NFL girls, you know, coming in from Gainesville, never having left before. What was that like for you? Well, I was really lucky because um, when we went into, I don't know if he said this when I was off or not, but um, no. Okay. So when he was um, drafted by the Bears, there's actually two of his, two, no, three other teammates were also drafted by the Bears that same year. 
And there was another guy there from the year before who was drafted the year before who happened to be one of um, Ian's like, uh, like kind of like a big brother to Ian. Um, and he would take him to the, his, his girlfriend would take him to the airport and stuff like that. So she, it's funny. Okay. So it's Alex Brown and Carrie and Carrie had a baby um, there last year at UF. Uh, and um, so I had met her because Ian was just, t- I had never met her before, but Ian was telling me about, you know, this girl who, you know, takes him to the airport or wherever um, for games when he was playing at UF. And so one day in the stands, she's like cheering for Ian. So this girl's like cheering for Ian so loud. And I'm like, who is this girl? Like, she doesn't know Ian. So I I'm like, hey, you know, and um, she's like, oh, you, you know, she had just had a baby, um, Tony. And um, so I kind of met her, but that was like right at the end of the season of, um, Alex's season before he was drafted. And so I you probably so grabbed the baby and took I, the baby the whole game. Oh, Tony knowing you. my baby. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have some good stories about that too. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, so, so yeah, so I was lucky that I knew someone at that, at, at the right. Bears. And so she was able to, you know, um, take me in and, you know, and, you know, honestly, uh, the bears, like the, the wives that we were with were so down to earth and so amazing. And it was really cool. Cause we were all having kids about the same time. And, um, and that was a really, really special group. Honestly. Um, we, Beautiful. that was a group that we went to, um, we went to the Super Bowl with. And so mm-hmm. we were there for four years and, um, and during that time, it was, it, you know, it was actually kind of cool because one of the wives, um, a couple of the wives actually got minivans. And so then when I had to get a minivan, I didn't feel so bad because I was like, hey, otherwise have <laughs> minivans too. But like when you have three kids and three car seats, you have to have a minivan. You, you got to have a minivan. You know, yeah. Yeah. And it sucks. But like you had these, gr- you had these girls who were just like amazing and um, super supportive of their um, their spouses and their, um, and, and again, we had so many kids. It was just awesome. Like just all being together. And, mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that sounds beautiful. And you know what, Cynthia, when, when they were talking about the bears, I know we had, we recently had Carly Teller who's having her first baby, but she was talking about how welcoming the bears women were too, which is just kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I know it's different yeah. generations, mm-hmm. but like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's nice, it's nice to hear. And that's what a lot mm-hmm. of us don't hear, right? You hear the stories right. of other things. So I think that's awesome that you were, you know, starting your family and mm-hmm. you were, and I love like the, the woman cheering. You were like, well, who, no, who is cheering? No, right. But that's just, love it's it. just so fun that, you know, you guys yeah, and then the connections and then to meet her mm-hmm. that way. And also it shows yeah. your personality. You went right up like, wait, hi, I yeah. need to introduce myself. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it's so beautiful. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, like the U-Haul situation cracks me up. You know, I remember being in the U-Haul with the dog and the kids. I remember one guy at the toll booth said, are you running from someone or to someone? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's the season, you know. And I'm thinking, like, does the U-Haul do anything with the NFL? We should have our photos or we should have the logo on all U-Hauls, you know, because like they get us everywhere we go. So, you know, moving so many times. So now, you know, I know from, you know, your experience in the league going from Chicago and then going to Philadelphia, you know, going to the Panthers and then going to San Diego. Tell us, like, you know, these these were moves, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Those are uh, big so- moves. Yeah, so the the big one was to Philadelphia, 
and I was there first. Unfortunately, I got injured and that wasn't, you know, I spent the year on IR and it was difficult to kind of really, you know, I was on a one year deal and it was difficult to kind of really, you know, make relationships in that situation. And so we went from Philly and we had bought a place in uh, Gainesville just so we didn't have to fight over like whose house are we going to stay at when we go back home. So we're like, we'll have our and both own of our parents still had family. I mean, still had kids in the yeah. house too at that time. So we'll, so we'll have, you know, we'll have a place that's our own and, you know, we can go visit everybody. So uh, we actually went from, you know, from New Jersey, we were staying in uh, Voorhees, New Jersey and mm-hmm. Crystal actually um, and my mom with our, uh, that was 2007 uh, with our two-year-old and our, you know, 18-month-old, 15-month-old, whatever she was at the time, you know, in the car driving from Voorhees, New Jersey, all the way to Gainesville and putting our stuff in storage. Because at that time, you know, you got we got our stuff in our house, which was, a, you know, a larger home in Chicago and we got a two bedroom or three bedroom condo that we bought just for going home in the off season. And uh, all that stuff that we had didn't fit in that condo. So we had to go put that in a storage unit. And so we've got one house in a storage unit and we're living in another one. And then um, I went to uh, the next year we were there and she was pregnant with our son at the time, our oldest boy. And, uh, he was born uh, in April, the end of April, and I got a call like, I don't know, a week after he was born, the Panthers wanted me to come up uh, for OTA. So I go to Carolina and I'm in Charlotte. And fortunately, we knew people. So I stayed like in their basement through the summer. Um, and uh, then unfortunately, I go to training camp. I drive from Gainesville up to, you know, Spartanburg trying to make the team and was having a great time. And the only time my dad's been at training camp and I tore my MCL um, and uh, ended up uh, getting an injury settlement. And fortunately, uh, Coach Rivera, who was my defensive coordinator in Chicago, was in San Diego and they were looking for a backup. And he called me like I thought my career was over. I drove back to Gainesville and he called me the next morning and was like, hey, we're probably going to have a spot for you here. Just get healthy and, you know, be out here. So I got the chance to go out to San Diego there in 2008. And again, I was out there for myself, by myself for, oh, excuse me, for a, a few weeks before Crystal and the kids could get out there. Uh, but uh, they eventually made it out and we were in an apartment for two months, November and December, and uh, then uh, went back to Gainesville. You know, she flew with we got three kids now. Uh, so she flew back with them to Gainesville and, um, or we all flew back together after that season. And then, uh, I actually went back for myself to try to find a, a place to rent for 2009, uh, which we did. And, uh, then she came back out there. And so we had a, a place that was furnished, but still you need some of the things, right? They don't have everything that you need, especially with three kids. Um, and, uh, so we were there in 2009 and then after that season, um, that actually went pretty well. That was another U-Haul story because, um, I got cut, uh, at the end of, um, training camp, which was like, you know, the best training camp that I ever had. But they, uh, they said that, uh, 
they didn't think I could, you know, be healthy for the whole year um, for whatever reason. So um, I actually uh, was, re- you know, just working out and stuff. And I stayed in town for we stayed in town for like, a, you know, the first month of the season. And we had a U-Haul in the driveway and we were packing it up, getting ready to drive from San Diego all the way back to Florida when uh, I got a call from the team. Say, hey, what are you doing? I said, well. I'm getting ready to leave town. <laughs> like, they're like, don't go, don't go anywhere. Uh, God. You know, we want you to come in. So it was the bye week. So they actually re-signed me after the first four games of the season. And we wow. got to stay. And uh, had a really good – I ended up starting most of that season. And we were the number two seed. Unfortunately, we lost in our first playoff game. Um, and uh, after that, I was thinking, okay, I got a chance to – be here for a few years um, and, uh, you know, through the whole process, eventually did get to re-sign and was there for the whole offseason. And um, we didn't want to have three kids. We didn't want to stop with three because we didn't want to have like a true middle child. That was something that we had always talked about. <laughs> and uh, and so Crystal and I got to talking and I was like, you know, you know, and she didn't want there to be too big of an age gap between the kids because she grew up with big age gaps between her and her siblings and already shared about how close me and my brothers were. Um, so I was like, you know, you start doing the math and, you know, if you want another kid, right, our life was a little bit too transitory to tr- think about adopting, you know, not having really a home place that we called home. So she was like, you know, yeah, let's do it. So she, you know, gets pregnant with our fourth kid, our youngest son. And, uh, you know, then I got cut right after like Father's Day that summer. And so she's, I don't know, she was like six months pregnant at the time. And uh, um, then uh, I was involved with, uh, I got a friend, uh, Max Strong, who played for the Seahawks forever. Um, and, uh, he had a sports and leadership camp that he did. And there was on, uh, his wife is a Nez Perce, uh, tribe member. She grew up on the reservation in Idaho and they did a lot of charity work on the reservations outside Seattle. Well, there's some, uh, uh, native tribes, people, elders in uh, Alaska that heard about this thing and wanted us to come up and work with their kids. So they flew all of us up to Alaska up to Barrow, which is the northernmost point uh, in the continental U.S. Um, And uh, that was like my last experience there (laughs) on that side of the country. Um, We uh, came back and loaded up the U-Haul and uh, we drove from with three kids and Crystal being six months pregnant, we drove back from San Diego all the way across the country to Gainesville. And uh, I was like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, uh, they told me I was 28. They told me I was too old to play football and I had to figure out what was next. Uh, So I, I knew I wanted to coach and I went over and my agent just happened to represent the defensive coordinator at Florida at the time. So I went in and talked to him and uh, I didn't know you needed a college degree to be a college coach, which makes sense. But it's not, just you know, you just don't think about it. And, um, you know, I was like, well, what does my engineering degree got to do with, <laughs> you know, 
being a football coach, I was like, that's the only thing that I can finish. Like, it don't make sense to start over. So I went ahead and finished my engineering degree. And uh, um, that was the the end of my, you know, NFL time, which is difficult, you know, because you always think that you kind of got an idea of when it's coming and you hope that you got a chance to prepare. And even knowing that it's not for long, you know, you think that you got, you're ready and you, you know what life is like once you get done with that. And, uh, you know, I did, I didn't realize it at the time, but when it happened, I realized how much of my identity I had tied up with being a professional football player. And that was gone. And it was out of completely out of my control, which is difficult for me because I have a little bit of difficulty <laughs> handling stuff that's not <laughs> that I can't control. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't consider myself a control freak, but I do like things to be a certain way. And, um, you know, being having that happen and all that type of stuff, especially uh, having a fourth child on the way, um, that was uh, that was an eye opening moment. And that was a little bit scary at the time. And um, I'm sure Crystal, could tell, I didn't always handle that exactly the best way, uh, probably. And, uh, you know, but. We had been together for a while at that point, uh, and um, you know we always uh, always made decisions together. So it was kind of that was a that was a great thing to kind of learn from uh, and overcome. I learned a lot about myself as an employee um, and how to kind of advocate for myself um, in that way and be respectful, you know, because it was always like, hey this person says, Hey, do this, do that, do this, do that. And, you know, you follow that without question. Um, mm-hmm. and not that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes figuring out how to advocate for yourself in a respectful way that, you know, make sure that you, you know, get what you need and have what you think is right. That's uh, that's important too. So I learned a lot about that. And, uh, I think that helped me in my professional career. Uh, once I did, uh, get a, um, job post, you know, football. And, uh, and I want to stop right there because, um, it's important to me and I hate to stop you, but there's so much in between that time. And, you know, as, as a woman, as a person who loved somebody that went through transition, um, I was just curious, Crystal, if you could share a little bit about, what what it is that you guys experienced as a couple and how you handled it and how you worked with Ian, um, you know, to I don't, support him, to be there for him, to allow him to go through this, like, really true. It is a, a crisis, you know, of time. Mm-hmm. This is an identity crisis. Talk about your transition. Well, I think that obviously trying to stay positive was one main, you know, thing that I felt like I really needed to do. And I feel like I've always in our relationship, like he's always been more, okay. I say pessimist. He says realist. I don't know who's right, but I say he's more (laughs) pessimistic and I'm more optimistic. And so I think, and I think that he kind of relies on me to be the optimist because he definitely sees, you know, negative things. Um, But we're also, we're okay. So we are completely opposite people too. And so, you know, even like when he, you know, goes into these meetings with the coaches. I hate that I'm kind of a control freak too. Like I want to be in there and be like, but what are you saying? Like, are you, are you asking them all the questions, you know? And I think that we probably would handle it differently. And I remember 
my mom told me one time she was, you know, like, you know, um, he's got to do, you know, he's his own person. Like I have to let him handle it the way he's going to handle it because I'm not in those meetings and I can't just be like, you know, and after the fact, like, well, did you ask this? Did you ask that? You know, and you know, I, I'm maybe a little more of a fighter and he's not, um, generally he's like, he said, like, he's always been, the coach says this. So we do that, like, you know, and, um, and I think he's, he's changed in that a little bit. Cause he's still obviously very respectful that he's learned to stand up for himself. But I think it's hard as a wife to, you know, uh, you know, see him go through that and want to change it. But like, that's his life. Like that's his job. And just trying to figure out how I can support him and encourage him no matter what happens. Because like Ian said, like he was a starter. Like there's no, I'm also thinking like, there's no reason for you to not be, be here. You know, there was, mm-hmm. oh, you know, there's, he sh- you deserve these things. Like, I feel like he does deserve the best and he deserved, you know, certain jobs and certain opportunities that he wasn't getting. And that's frustrating watching, you know, the person that you love and how hard he works, what a great guy he is, um, you know, on and off the field. And, um, you know, but I also believe that, you know, I, I believe life takes you exactly where you're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. so I've always, you know, he, he always messes with me because, um, I was like so excited when he decided to go to the NFL and, um, that, uh, we were going to be able to go to all these new places. Cause like I said, I grew up in one town. And so, um, he's like, okay, you prayed for that, like way too hard because we've been in way too many places. Like we need to slow down now, <laughs> but, but I really do feel that way. I feel like the people that you meet, no matter how, I mean, we were in Philly for six months, you know, and like, there are people that we, we still talk to that we met in Philly. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, um, there's a reason that you're in every area of life and it's not always easy to go through for sure. Um, there's definitely hard, hard things, but I think if, as long as like you keep that in the back of your mind, like there's a reason for this, like, let's just keep moving forward. Like maybe we'll find out. And I would tell him that, you know, like maybe we'll figure this out you know, um, right. Oh, I have to, can I say this story really quick? So yes, when he was yeah. in, when he was in, um, in San Diego, um, so his first year there when Ron called him up and, um, he had, he was there and like, he had his end of the, um, season, like, you know, whatever talks or whatever. And he just felt like, you know, the coach does not want me to be here. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay here. And, um, I was like, no, like, you know, you have to, um, you have to think positive or whatever. And, um, and I'm like, you know, one plus one doesn't have to equal two. It can equal four, you know, whatever, like impossible things can happen. He's like, there's no way, there's no way. And, um, then at the end of the season, he finds out that his, um, D line coach actually ended up getting fired. And, um, his old D line coach who we really love and still love, um, uh, Coach Johnson from the Bears ended up getting hired, and um, and you know it's just like, and he ended up staying at the at the um, Chargers and stuff, and you know just seeing how like you know even impossible things can happen, and those things have happened in our life, and remembering those things. So when it like I said, when it's hard, and we've gone through hard times, and things that don't make sense, like really don't make sense, um and don't add up like there's there's a reason for it and we just keep moving forward there's going to be something you know that better next right. you know 
And I have to say, you can see your faith. I mean, you can see that. You guys spoke about Mm -hmm. that early, you know, Ian speaking about his dad. The faith is is so important. And everything you just said, I I know Cynthia's smiling because I'm like, I mean, I say this all the time. You meet people for a reason and you have to take those opportunities. And by the way, I grew Mm -hmm. up right outside of Philadelphia in Morristown. So I also, that's where I grew up. Yeah. Um, But what where my mind was, so I have a 2005, a 2007, a 2009. I tried to get the fourth kid, but I got Mm -hmm. a second dog instead. Dead. We were we were we were all we were older than you guys. Um, my husband was like, "Oh my gosh!" I actually had him do a spreadsheet because I well I didn't have him do the spreadsheet, but I was like, "You have to give me the reason why you don't want the fourth. And uh-huh. um, he's from one. He was only him and his sister ten years apart, and mm-hmm. I just love the chaos. And he took him a few months, and he came back to me and he said, "Because this is how many years I would have to work extra to put the fourth through college." And I said, mm-hmm. "You got it, hon. Okay. I I okay. love you. I don't want that. You know that's a, so he so he didn't. But where my mind goes is you know." I'm seeing then, you know, Ian, the way you plotted out your story was really beautiful because I could picture and I could see and I can put myself in in crystals behind the scene there thinking, okay, you have three kids, you know, and you're pregnant with your fourth, you're going through hormones and emotions and, and excitement and watching your husband, you know, struggle, because it's like, okay, you know, that he belongs there. And and where's his mindset? Can you take us through and especially for, you know, new, new um, spouses that are, you know, listening, and hearing this, Mm -hmm. can you give them like, first, give us a little insight of where your mind was and how you navigated Mm -hmm. it so beautifully. Obviously, you know, you're a positive Mm -hmm. person. You said that. So, you know, I know that's going to be a part of it, but also what advice you would give to new families that are going through this? Mm -hmm. Through transition. Well, Well, and, you know, I think at that time, like we didn't, I I didn't think that his career was over yet. Like I thought, okay, well, you're not going to be there this season, but next season. Um, but then there ended up being the lockout. That was the season of the lockout and, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't happen. And so I think it took me a while, like after our son was even born that, um, to think that we were done, like that, that, that time was over. Um, and so, um, I think the, like I said, it was figuring out for Ian too, like, what is, what is next? Like, where, where should we go next? What should, because like Ian said, like, no matter what you, how long you're in the league, and it's true, like, we went into it knowing that it was going to be over soon. Like, we didn't know if that was soon was a year or 13 years or 15, you know, you don't know, but mm-hmm. it's soon, right? Um, regardless. And so, um, so I think, you know, just again, staying like okay i know i keep saying staying positive but but literally like asking yeah but like asking okay what do you want to do like where you know um what should we do i think for us and everybody is different for us since he went back into college to get his degree um we got to that point um after he graduated it was like okay what do we want to do um we had thought about going into working for our church and um we were actually thinking about going back to chicago um to work for our church and the youth group we had thought about um what were our, our other options let's see going into engineering obviously um going into coaching um there's like a few different opportunities and Ian's a brilliant guy and so he has always had multiple opportunities to do different things. Um, but we got to the point, I was like, well, you just got this engineering degree. Like if you've got to use it, like now you've got to do it. You've got to try engineering because I know my husband and he would regret, he regrets things. Like if he doesn't do it, like he needs to try it. Um, and so, 
I knew that if he had just gone right into coaching and it didn't go well, then he would have regretted not doing engineering. Um, and I think that um, for for us, like, you know, I just understood. And I, of course, we did get a lot of advice. We talked to our, our family, our friends, and um, but um, just understanding and and, and, you know, I also, we got married. I knew that, that we were going to be following his, his career. He was right. supporting us. And so I know that that's like, so I've had people, friends, like I would never move that much or, you know, especially once mm-hmm. you have kids, like I would never be able to, you know, do that and give up everything. But to me, it was never, I was never giving anything up. He was allowing me to do what I had always wanted to do. And that was be a mom and right. I didn't have to work. And I was able to, you know, be with my kids and full time. And so, and he's super awesome and like, didn't expect like a clean home and dinner on the table because that didn't happen very often. (laughs) (laughs) Me me either. Me either. (laughs) We all have our talents. He's like, you're, well, I don't know why you call yourself a stay at home mom. You're never home. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's that's a good thing, Cynthia, if you don't mind, I just wanted to point out because you're talking about the moves and I think Mm-hmm. And this goes, you know, even beyond football, one of the best things that Crystal did, and it's a bit of her personality, but I do think that is important, um, is the ability to have relationships outside of your household um, is very, very important. And we had a built of a built in Kickstarter because of our church family. So every city that we moved to, we were able to find people um, right away. Um, and, you know, had people that we could meet and do stuff. But, you know, I mentioned like our neighbors that, uh, in Glenview that bought the house same time we did, you know, having, having people that you are friends with, no matter what your stage in life is that you can actually have conversations with and get to know and people that really know you. Cause when you do have difficult times, it's important that you have somebody that you can't be fake with. Because a lot of us and a lot of our um, temptations and especially, you know, for professional athletes in general. And if that's, you know, the crowd that's listening in, one of the things is you always think somebody wants something from you. And so you kind of shut off the people that, you know, are around you and you try to keep everything close, uh, which has its merits. But you got to have somebody that knows the real you. Uh, and knows the real things that you're going through as a couple, right? And as a family that can help you navigate challenges, um, no matter what that is and no matter where you go. And that's one of the things I think that has really helped us is in every place that we have lived. And, you know, we've mentioned how many that is. We're all, we've always been able to find some people that we can talk to, not just separately, but together as a couple. And they know us and they know what's going on and that to me has been the one of the biggest keys to us being able to manage all of this through you know the 20 plus years that we've been together I think it's so beautiful and so, so wonderful. Yeah, so it's so important because and also as as you guys were talking, Crystal, you mourned a loss as well. You lost, you know, watching your husband mm-hmm. go through this, and so people need to think about it. And Ian, I think it's so perfectly mm-hmm. said that you have people around that you can talk not just to your spouse, you know, spouse, but other people as a couple. As a couple. Right. And I, I love that advice. I think that's so important in so many in all walks of life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to because it's. You know, I, I just we can't miss talking about this, you know, because I just 
I think it was fantastic to go ahead and pursue, you know, your degree in, you know, industrial engineering and entering into that and, you know, being an, an industrial engineer and working for it's Michelin, correct? Yeah, I, I, my first job was J.P. Morgan, and then I mm-hmm. went to Michelin after that. Michelin after that. So now here you are, and this is fantastic, and God bless. Like, wow, you know what I mean? Talk about, like, options. <laughs> you know, so now I I wish I wish Savannah was on the show right now because of the way Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else would she get involved. <laughs> she, she gets all this energy and she rattles off like everything that Ian has done and which means everything she has done, everything the family has done, everything oh, I her love brothers. That. And how old is she? Done. How old is she? Oh, 16. 16. Okay. 16. Uh, she's fantastic. And so they're all so smart. They're always reading. They're always smiling. They're always at games. They're always, this family is incredible. But now you made this in probably in your heart first that you wanted to go back to coaching. So if you could share how you went about sharing it with the family and their reaction to your decision, um, I think it's important for all families to hear this. Yeah. So, you know, we had moved um, and uh, living in Tampa and I was that job. I was just miserable doing that job. And um, I remember we went for Christmas vacation um, that year. And my aunt and uncle, uh, my, my mom's younger brother, they got to come out cause we were in South Carolina and they came out and visited and my parents are there and we're all sitting around the table. And I'm like, man, like, just, because the, you know, my uncle I had, I don't see very often. And he was asking me, you know, what I was doing and if I was happy doing that and stuff. And we had, you know, a conversation and, you know, one of the things that they said was like, well, you're going to be a better husband and a father if you are happy with what you're doing when you're away from your family. Because if you're always miserable and you come home miserable, then, you know, that's a difficult thing to bring home. And, uh, you know, so (laughs) I started looking for, you know, Chris was like, well, where do you want to live? And I said, well, I've always wanted to live up here in this area. My parents went to Clemson and I loved going up there in the spring and I was like, but I don't know what jobs are up here for engineers. So I literally just Googled it. I was like, okay, is there anything up in this area? And the job description for Michelin was like my senior project in college. So I was like, oh, let me apply. <laughs> so, but at, at the same time, I had a buddy who's the offensive line coach at Eastern Michigan at the time. He's now the offensive line coach at Western. And that goes uh, at Northwestern. That goes back to the conversation his his sister-in-law was our neighbor that moved in next to us at Chicago so that we've been close for a long time and he's known that I wanted to get into coaching he was like you need to go to the coaches convention in Nashville and so I took time off of work and I was you know so I'm applying to a different job I went to the coaches convention trying to meet people and you know let people know that I wanted to be a coach and I had applied to like some NFL you know seminars about coaching and you know they wouldn't let me in so I was doing all kind of stuff um and uh you know on both ends and at the same time I interviewed for the head coaching job at my high school um and what a lot of people don't know is that you know in the state of Florida they don't pay you very much to be a high school football coach you get paid to be a teacher and starting out that's Mm -hmm. you know like thirty thousand dollars and for you know to be married with four kids, that's uh, not going to get it done. So, you know, I wasn't able to do that. And uh, 
you know, I tried to be a graduate assistant at a couple of different places and that didn't work out. And uh, so Michelin, the job actually worked out. So we moved up, you know, to South Carolina and uh, the kids were young. Uh, you know, Skyler, I think, was in the second grade and Savannah was in the first grade. Uh, so the boys weren't in school yet. And so we moved up there as they were moving into the third and the second grade, the girls. And I think uh, Joseph was starting kindergarten. So mm -hmm. that's kind of like where they, you know, their first, you know, where they kind of grew up was <laughs> there in Clemson. But that was OK, because, you know, that's where grandma and papa went to school. So they would come up and visit us and, you know, there were people around town that still know my dad and all that type of stuff. Um, and so that was kind of that was a bit of an easier move um, there. And, uh, you know, um, during that time, I would still, you know, go to some of the coaches conventions. And I think the football thing really started because my niece uh, moved up to live with us um, when she was going into her uh sophomore year high school and uh so she's um i don't know she's about was she about six six years older than skylar crystal something like that um 23 <laughs> yeah yeah and skylar's 17 so i got it right she's like six years older than skylar <laughs> and um so she came to live with us well her homeroom teacher was the head football coach at the high school so I talked to my boss and I had a, you know, really good, you know, boss at the time who trusted me. And uh, I said, hey, you mind if I leave early, if I come in an hour earlier to work and I can leave an hour earlier and I can volunteer, uh, go to high school football? He was like, yeah. He's like, as long as you got all your stuff done, I got no problem with that. Oh, so and I was working mm -hmm. in a factory, which I had sworn I would never do. Like I was like, I don't ever want to work in a factory, but it actually was a great job. And so but the factory time was you get in at 730 and you're out at 330. So like mm -hmm. it was already kind of conducive to doing that. So I got to go volunteer. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's crazy is, you know, I've, I've got an engineering degree and I did well at my job, but everybody wants to ask me about football. And so mm -hmm. I spend all of my days at work you know, in between doing work, talking about football, because everybody wants to know and they want to hear these stories. And then I go home. They already know those stories, but they don't care about they don't care about what I'm doing as an engineer. Like as soon as I start talking about building a spreadsheet or this PowerPoint presentation I had to give for an automated forklift, they're like, what are you talking about? So um, there was a huge disconnect between a huge, you know, and I'm working 60 hours a week there's a huge disconnect between that and when i get home and i spend time with my family um and uh so there was always something a little bit missing there um and so i long story short i get to where i'm working on this project team and i was the senior industrial engineer for um, the semi-finished part of a tire, which is basically just making the rubber that eventually turns into a tire. And, uh, I was, I was responsible for the, from reception of raw material to when we sent the rubber to the tire building process for this brand new plant they were going to build in Mexico. And, uh, I was traveling to France. I traveled to Poland. I was traveling to Mexico. I was doing all this stuff. And, um, uh, I actually was getting, we were getting ready to move to Mexico to start this plan up. 
so we sat around at the table and I was learning Spanish and talked to the kids say, hey, I've got an opportunity uh, with my job. I was like, I don't know what's next because beyond the project, like you got to find something to do. And I wasn't working specifically in a factory anymore. So the odds of us having to move were going to be high. I was going to have to find a different job somewhere. And I was like, well, we can do this or, you know, we can go to Mexico. And, um, you know, it was it was one of those things where I think some of the, you know, the kids were kind of excited about that, you know, being in a different place and some of them weren't so sure, uh, but they had moved so much by then, especially the girls where they were like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the midst of that, um, you know, the university of Florida had some changes on their defensive staff. And um, I had, you know, and I've, I've got all these relationships that I have been trying to get into coaching and reaching out to, and it just didn't work out. And so, um, I finally got in contact with somebody and, you know, this is a, it's kind of another long story. Uh, but, uh, I was actually on one of my France trips and I got a call <laughs> from the University of Florida. Uh, my boss now, coach McElwain was there and his, uh, football operations guy called me and was like, Hey, can you come down and meet the staff? Cause nobody knows you. And I was like, well, I'm getting on a plane to go to France tomorrow. So no, I can't do that. I was like, I'm going to be gone for two weeks for work and I can't reschedule the flight at this point. He's like, well, the job may be gone. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, I was like, I understand. But I was like, I'll stay in touch if you guys don't find anybody. I was like, I will go to Gainesville as soon as I get back. I'll go to Gainesville and, you know, I'll come down and see you. And that's what happened when I flew back from France. They hadn't filled the job. Crystal had all the kids in the car and they drove up, picked me up at the airport and we went straight down to Gainesville um, and I sat in the office all the whole next day just sitting there waiting for somebody to talk to oh, and yeah. uh, they love that and yeah. uh, jet lagged and, and all I'm sure and <laughs> I think because only because it was Gainesville and you know you talk about you know having faith and being a part of God's plan I only could have taken that job there because that allowed us to go to a place where I mean sh- my parents were empty nesters at the time and they let us have the upstairs. So we were able to stay at my parents' house. We threw our stuff in storage and, you know, cause I'm a graduate assistant, I'm not making any money. Um, and, uh, that's kind of how that got started. I don't think I could, I would not have, I don't think now knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have been able to take that job anywhere other than Gainesville. And if it hadn't opened up there and if it wasn't for coach McElwain, you know, during COVID we'd have been living in Mexico trying to figure out how to get back into the country um, right. a couple of years. Cause that's, that would have been the time mm-hmm. that I would be coming back oh to the country. So um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how those things work out. Um, mm-hmm. But Crystal at that point was like, when they did finally offer me the job, she was like, you either got to take this job now or because you have that seven year window from when you graduate that you can be a graduate assistant and because I didn't graduate till 2012, that's the only reason that it was open for me. She was like, but if you go to Mexico, she's like, if you go to Mexico, you can't coach. And I don't want to hear you talking about being a football coach anymore. And so, <laughs> like, you know, one it. of those few times where she threw that ultimatum out at me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, I got to take a shot because, you know, I think there's something I can do. And uh, 
you know, that was the, you know, just a, a Michelin plug. They were really good people and they understood. They were like, yeah, you got to take that chance. And because mm -hmm. of all of that, when I didn't have a job, when the, when my boss left UCF to go to Tennessee and the new staff didn't want to retain me, I went back to work for Michelin in Louisville <laughs> before you? I got this job here. Uh, wow. Um, and uh, so, and I think I can, I think I can use it one more time. You know, if things went completely south and I didn't have a job, I could go back one more time. But I think that'll be it. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of like a correlation. It's like I, the tires and getting you where you need to go and <laughs> like having them there. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But you, you know, and you've seen my family. My family's involved, right? They get to be involved. And so when I go home, right, they know everything about what I'm doing at work. There's not a part of my life now that's separate from the people that are most important to me. And so that's a, that's a big thing. And that's, uh, that's something that's a lot of fun that I get to share. And, you know, coach Mack and uh, Karen, they do a great job of Amazing. taking care of our families and, you know, making sure everybody's yeah. included in what we're doing. It's a family. But, and also, oh, I'm sorry. No, something that he does literally every single year is he sits all of us down as a family and he says, okay, this is what we're, this is where we're at. Like, how are you guys feeling? Like, do you still want to stay here? Do you want me to keep being a football coach? Keep trying this. Do you want me to go back to, you know, the nine to five, seven to three, whatever. And, you know, yeah. do you want me to, you know, but he makes sure that every single one of the kids and me like that, we are all in, like, we all made the decision. We all made the decision to move it's here. Beautiful. We all made the decision, you know, together. And, and honestly, if we were all like, we hate this and you're, you know, whatever, you're never home or whatever, he would stop. Mm -hmm. He would go do something. He's like, you know, cause you know, his family matters the most, but you know, he matters to us too. And, you know, um, knowing that he wants us all to be happy, you know, we're doing this as a family makes it easier yeah. when we're moving and, you know, um, and transitioning from place to place. <laughs> right. And then Absolutely. the fact that you're able to do substitute teaching, I think is so beautiful too. Mm -hmm. So you're able to do some yeah. stuff as well and really do yeah. it wherever, you know, wherever you move, you can substitute teacher, mm -hmm. if, you know, if you have that. So I think that's, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. Right. I really do. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the when COVID, is... I... go ahead, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the family, <laughs> When you say the kids are involved and the kids are so much a part of our family here at CMU, every, every game, everywhere you look, there's one of the kids bringing all the other kids together. They're all running around the whole, they own the whole entire facility, you know, they're everywhere and you can feel like they're little groups and they're all talking about the game. They're all invested in the game. They're all loving being together because of the game. So I really do. I would be surprised if they ever didn't want that to happen, but mm -hmm. I love that the decision was made based on I'm not connecting with my family because I'm not interested in what I do mm -hmm. during the day. That's pretty crazy and awesome. Mm -hmm. I think that. it is. And so I do have to ask, where has been your favorite place? And I wouldn't say favorite because I hate when people say favorite. What has been maybe yeah. one of the, like a, a, one of your favorite memories from I a place? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's... Uh, Climate that's included. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a lot. I think, you know, favorite memories are our place in Clemson was kind of where everybody came to hang out. And that's something that we always kind of wanted. We had a mm -hmm. we got really fortunate. We got a great place that our kids could walk to the elementary school because that's the age they were. And uh, they could walk to school and walk home. 
And uh, we had like a full length swimming pool. So anytime there was a party or whatever, our house was where everybody came out, came to. And we had upstairs and we had a basement that was set up pretty nice. So we could have a, we could host a whole lot more people in there than you. If you just look at the house, you're like, you can't have 10 people in that house. But the space inside was really good. And so our house kind of became like the place where everybody came to. And that's something that Chris and I had always wanted. Uh, which was nice, which is why it was difficult uh, moving from there. Um, but uh, my personal favorite place, I love I love San Diego. Um, I love the weather The you know, the culture is a little different than where we grew up, you know, being in the southeast, which was, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to describe that to somebody. You gotta have to go live in it to kind of know what that is. But, you know, I love uh, Latin food and you get a lot of good, mm-hmm. you know, Mexican food in particular there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, San Diego, but there's a lot of good, you know, seafood, which I love as well. And um, but the climate is good. And I, you know, the the people were nice. And um, if I could afford it, that would be a place that I would love to live one day. Um, love Chicago as well. Um, you know, it's just colder. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I love uh, Chris and I always joke. If you could take the city of Chicago and put it in like, you know, North Carolina or South Carolina, that would be like the right. best place. That's you know? our place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. But, um, you know, those, those have been my two place, two favorite places. Mm-hmm. Love it. Crystal, what about you? Mm-hmm. I think, well, Chicago to us, I think it was like the first time that we were like adults, like we were like grown ups, And so it felt like it feels like home, even though we only lived there four years and it was a long time ago now. Um, so I, but we still love going back to Chicago and love it. We still have friends down there and stuff. Um, but I'm with Ian. I love San Diego too. I mean, just the food and you can get healthy food. I did like my boot camp outside. It was great. Like, and, um, and it was beautiful. And, um, so I love that, but I think all of our kids really loved Louisville. We were there for two months. <laughs> really? We love mm-hmm. Louisville. Yeah. Just, I didn't, I have I relatives that live Kentucky. there. Really? Mm-hmm. My yeah, aunt no, lives there. You have an aunt and uncle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it's crazy. And, you know, and, you know, talking about connections and stuff, um, where we lived, we lived like, um, our backyard backed up to this like church and it just happens that our um, our offensive uh, coordinator here, at, um, their family lived in Louisville for a time, and their kids went to that school, like the church's uh, school, um, like years ago. I'm like, you know, that's so crazy, like the connections. Yeah, the that, connections. You know, I love makes. connections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Louisville is like, I feel like it's like a mini Chicago. Like you've got a little bit of that like city and stuff. Right. <laughs> and so I have to ask you, because I, so I'm like a, my two favorite places are the city. I lived in New York city forever, New York city, mm-hmm. but then the beach, like I'm not an in-between person. Uh, like I either mm-hmm. want to be near the water yeah. or in like a bustling yeah. city. Do you think some of San Diego love was the, was the water yeah. as well? Absolutely. Well, well, I because she never, never got in the water. The water. It's like sunburned in the, in the pool. I was like, had goosebumps and sunburn. Like, how is that even possible? Like, She's she's a she's a Florida girl, ocean. I am person, totally sure. a Florida ocean girl. Yeah. But, but, but I've already, but, I've already but, explained to you the heat and the humidity there. So yeah. you know that's uh, and that's and Florida's so flat you can't see the beach unless you're on the beach. Where where we lived, we were like at the top of like a like a valley or what you know canyon or whatever. So no, not canyon, whatever it's called. And so you could see the ocean like on a clear day, even though we were like miles inland. So I love that. That was cool. Like it was beautiful. 
the temperature thing makes me laugh because my sister lives in Miami now. And whenever she comes up north, uh-huh. she's always like, oh, because we, li- we live at the beach in Long Island and it's, it's, uh-huh. it doesn't really get warm. I mean, it is pretty cold Lovely. all the time. Yeah. Even in August, the water is cold. <laughs> well, this is just, I mean, wonderful. Cynthia, go ahead. I think that the wonderful thing that you have taught your kids is the concept of bloom where you are planted. Mm-hmm. I think that everywhere you guys go, you you leave your mark, you leave your legacy. Everybody knows your family. Your kids are going to continue to do that in their lives because of you guys. Um, that whole energy of like, even if it's for two months, I'm going to embrace this place and I'm going to meet mm-hmm. everybody that I can. And I'm going to remember that and keep them in my life. That's one thing that football brings to all of us is mm-hmm. the fact that we can go ahead and, and, and continue those relationships and fall in love with a lot of places and a lot of people. So I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate how you guys or because you're raising four beautiful children to have that same mindset. Oh, Cynthia, and you know, and I love how you said that because, right, you could, someone could say, I'm moving and I know I'm going to move again. So I'm not going to completely embrace the place. And mm-hmm. so the way you just described that and it's, you know, the Scots, I mean, that is what you guys do. And as you speak about your children, that is, and I think it's so important because you have to take where you are and, and make the most of it to, to mm-hmm. be able to live and be happy. Like, why not? And so you mm-hmm. both do that. And I think it's beautiful. Well, I mean, and, and also, and also know that, like, like nothing is permanent. Like if you, and it's okay to not like something and to, to do something else. And I think we try to instill that in our kids. Like you don't have to know, like Ian said, like you don't have to know what you want to do at 17, 18, 19, like, you know, do something, do it. If you don't like it, then change it. If you love it, keep doing it, you know, you don't have to know. Right. And I always say, we'll say to people, if they're like, I don't like where I live, well, you're not a tree move. Right. Yeah. That's right. You don't don't have Uh to say where you are. You're you're, 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 right. (laughs) But it's so true, you know? And so I think that you guys embody that and I love that. And um, I'm just so glad that, you know, Cynthia had said, you're going to love these guys. And I mean, I always, anyone that we speak to, I love just learning and stories connect us and they really do. So thank you so much for joining YNS Live with NFL Thread Pivot here on Fireside. And um, good luck in the season and everything that you guys are doing. And uh, I mean, our kids are similar age and I know, you know, teens in the weeds, it is, Mm -hmm. it makes for an adventure. (laughs) It makes for an adventure. Well, thank you for having us. Yes, thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank, oh, look, look into the music that's letting us out. Oh, yeah. Very very nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much Thank again, everyone, for joining YNS Bye-bye. Live with NFL Thread here on Fireside. We will see you guys again. Bye. I'll, I'll see Bye. you guys soon.